Hello, everyone. This is episode 707 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, February 14th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Kuznez, and today I don't have an awful lot to talk about. I haven't played all that much this past week. Just a little bit of Milo's Quest, Demon's Tilt, and the Psycho Shooting Stars Alpha and Bravo collections, but not that much of any of those really because I've spent the majority of my free time working on Attack the Backlog. I had all these episodes almost done and I thought to myself, I really need to make them all the way done and not just almost done because almost done is not done done. And I want them to be done done before I can move on on to more games for the series and for other stuff. Because they were just looming over me, these almost finished episodes that just needed to be put to the video and then finalized. So I spent the majority of my time finishing up most of the episodes. I only have Control's episode left to do, but I finished Remnant from the Ashes, Super Mario World, Slay the Spire, River City Girls, Katamari Damacy, and Katana Zero. I also have Hotline Miami that I finished a while ago. But yeah, I've got a lot of episodes in the bank, so I'm feeling pretty good about Attack the Backlog right now. And I'm pretty happy with how some of the episodes came out. I really like the, the, yeah, the Katana Zero one I like, but uh, Katamari Damacy is the one I'm most happy with. And it's extra special for me because I talk about the multiplayer in the game very briefly but in order to capture footage of that i somehow roped in my father to play a little bit of it and he was very confused because i just i just wanted to get a bit of footage and i'm like here you just you you use the two analog sticks you push them both forward at the same time and it makes you go forward you alternate them you go left or right and that confused the shit out of him he's like what are you what are you talking about push one up one down huh and yeah he was not any good but i got enough quality footage and i think the footage i got worked very well for the little bit of dialogue i have about the multiplayer so it's fun in the sense that there's this little section of this particular episode that includes gameplay of me and my father playing even though it wasn't like an actual session with me and my dad actually playing the game it was just like hey i need your help with this come do this with me and then we did it and then i'm like okay i got my five minutes get away from me get out of my face (laughs) um it wasn't that mean but yeah i'm really happy because of that i also really liked that episode i to spoil that episode, I have issues with the game control-wise because it just is a clunky game to control, and you can't really get around that, I don't think, but I do really like the game overall. There's a lot of... There's something very special about it, and the music is incredible. I want to import a copy of the CD, but I think it's like 30 bucks, which I'm just going to have to suck it up and get because the music is some of my favorite video game music of all time. It's all over the place, but it's super delightful. Sometimes it's really funny. Sometimes it's really charming. Sometimes it's sweet. It's it's a great, great soundtrack. I, I dig that game, even though it's not always the most fun to play. But 
yeah, the Slay the Spire episode is just one that I farted out. After a while, I was like, what am I supposed to do with a card game? I don't know how I'm supposed to make this interesting or exciting or compelling. Those types of games are very fun to play, but I don't think they're fun to watch at all. Same goes for something like Into the Breach. I I would not want to watch someone play Into the Breach. I love playing it. It's one of my favorite games of all time, but I can't imagine watching it and you know being interested in it. I, I think part of it is because when you look at that more so than other types of games, there's a very big chance and likelihood that you'll be, what is it, backseat driving, where you're looking at someone's gameplay and you see what they're doing and you think to yourself, why didn't they do this? Oh, it would have been so much better. Like, I think it's inevitable in those types of tactics or strategy games, specifically turn-based ones, where it's very easy for someone to just think about how they tackle the situation as opposed to just taking in the gameplay and getting an idea of how it works and all that. So, yeah. That episode is like, whatever. A video version of it exists because there needs to be one, but I don't think it's particularly good. I'm not happy with that one. And then I'm scared of the Super Mario World one just because people love that game. And I don't love that game. And how it's going to be received... Who knows? I, I would hate it if that was the episode that really blew out or whatever they say and, and made a lot of views. <laughs> None of these things I'm saying make sense right now. But if it got a lot of views and then a bunch of thumbs down because everyone's like, look at this fucking idiot. Doesn't like Super Mario World. What's wrong with him? Uh, not not excited about that. But yeah, I'm excited about being able to move on to new games. I haven't recorded the audio for the mini episode of Untitled Goose Game, but that's not really a huge priority, I don't think. But uh, yeah, it's been fun, a bit stressful, but fun overall. So what I've been playing, I I don't even remember if I mentioned the things I've been playing, but I've been playing Milo's Quest. If I am repeating myself, too bad. Milo's Quest. Demon's Tilt and the Psycho Shooting Stars Alpha and Bravo collections. I also watched Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, the Apple Plus series about video games from the makers of, not makers, creators. Nobody ever says makers when they're referring to a TV show, right? The creators of the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, and I guess I'll start with Milo's Quest, which I reviewed. I did a video review for it, which you can see over at youtube.com slash sausage. And it's basically the original Legend of Zelda. Uh, Over-the-top perspective, you are moving from screen to screen, and you're playing as a dog. That's different. And your name's not Otis, which doesn't make any sense. And you're not trying to find your buddy Milo, which... Would make sense if your name was Otis, because Milo's the the cat, and Otis is the dog. But you're a dog, and your name's Milo, and you're not trying to find your cat buddy named Otis, which wouldn't make sense because the cat's Milo. And how many people even know what I'm talking about? Milo and Otis, wonderful movie where they in reality killed a bunch of cats. <laughs> oh God, I hated finding that out. But um. 
Yeah, the thing about Milo's quest is that it is very simple. It is very straightforward. It is very easy. And thus, it is very boring. I think it's great for kids, which I say without testing that hypothesis out. But I'm assuming it's very good for kids because of how easy it is. And because of the fact that you're playing as a dog and it's very cute and it's cherry. It's got very pleasant music and the visuals are very colorful. So it's nice to look at in that sense. But it's just very simple and very like The only thing that takes away from its accessibility is the fact that there is no map. So you just have to remember where you've been and where you haven't been. But you're going through this world solving puzzles and killing ghosts at the same time. So in order to progress from screen to screen, you may have to kill all the ghosts in an area so that the door opens or you move blocks onto switches. And when you do all of that for one particular area, it'll open up a door that maybe leads to a new area or maybe it leads to a chest you can open and so on. And there are a few boss fights as well, but it's a very basic ass game that is okay, but I really don't think any adult or seasoned gamer would get much out of it except for an easy thousand achievement points or trophies for those who care about that stuff. Because it is a ride of like games. But it's a a game I would imagine would be really, really good for kids as an introduction to the classic adventure game genre. But uh other than that, there's little in it for anyone else. But uh yeah, that that's Milo's quest. Demons Twil Twilt? Demons Twilt. Demons Tilt is a pinball game that's on Game Pass. That's how I played it. And it gives me strong Sonic's pinball vibes in both its look and feel. Uh, not so much in the feel because I don't want to say it performs at the same level as Sonic's pinball because that would be mean. But it's like a pinball game mixed with a shmup to some extent. You have a lot of enemies that will pop up on the table and it's a flat table flat 2d table and they'll start shooting out projectiles and if your ball hits the projectiles it'll affect it uh, so there's a lot of physics going on it looks all right the problem i have with it is that so often there's so much going on screen that it is very very easy to lose track of your ball and i found that happening to me more than once and i didn't play it for that much and it was a little bit frustrating because there'd just be so much shit happening on screen there'd be a bunch of projectiles there'd be like a thing spinning around there'd be explosions there'd be new bosses popping up out of the environment i'm like what is going on where the fuck is my ball i don't know where my ball is i know where my balls are but where's my ball if you know what i mean where's my ball but um yeah I want to like it more than I do, but the the busyness of the screen makes it a little annoying and frustrating to deal with. But I may come around on it if I play more of it because I really just dabbled with it. And then the Psycho Shooting Stars Alpha and Bravo collections are collections of six muffs per game. The Alpha version has Strikers 1945, 1, 2, and 3. Soul Divide, Dragon Blaze, and Zero Gunner 2. And then the Bravo Collection has Samurai Aces, Tengai, uh, Sengoku Cannon, Sengoku Ace Episode 3. And then Gunbird, 
one and two and gun barich whatever that is um and they are decent collections of pretty good classic shmups however the problem is that all they really do is collect these games there's not a lot in terms of presentation or anything like oh here's the box art or here's some information about the game they don't there's not like a lot of love put into these collections it's just here are the games and that's it which is disappointing because that's one of the things i really love about these classic game collections when they release them is that they'll also ha- uh, they'll often have a little bit of trivia or information about them that is insightful that gives you some information that you may not have known otherwise especially if you're a fan of shmups in, in the current sense but you missed out on something and like some of these games i i I can't remember which ones but i i think a few of them or at least one has never been released on consoles before but like it would be nice to get a little bit of information about it like it's history or stuff like that but you don't get any of that and you can play it in tate mode or tate mode whatever you want to pronounce it however you want to pronounce it which is good because I'm unable to do that because, I mean, I guess you do it and then you, like, put it on a stand and then use the Joy-Cons disconnected from the machine is how you do it without the the thing that was sold, that whatever it was called. I don't know. I didn't get one because I don't play these that often. But if you don't have those and you want to play in handheld mode, it's fine. It works. But just know that you are only going to be using a third of the Switch's screen when you're playing in non-Tate mode. You know, you'll have the middle of the screen and then the other two-thirds will be the two sides that'll have, you can either make it all black or have some kind of artwork on it. But um, I really like the games, which is great. Uh, they're, they're my type of shmups. I feel like they, they move at my pace, my speed. And yeah. The visuals of them are very nostalgic for me. Uh, I, I really like the games. I just wish there was more in terms of presentation and love put into the collections because they feel very empty and lifeless. But um, if you don't already own these games, because I guess these were released or some of them were released standalone on the Switch, um, they're, they're definitely worth picking up. And if you have the whole Tate mode controller thing, then it's it would seem ridiculous to not get these games. The first one is already out. It came out um, sometime last month. And then the Bravo collection comes out on the 18th um, in the States, the 21st in Europe, and then the 28th in ANZ. I don't know what the hell ANZ is. What does ANZ stand for? So you got US, Europe, ANZ. Is that Australia, New Zealand? Is that what that means? I've never seen that before. That is blowing my mind. What about Japan? Are they just like they're all they've always been available in Japan? You don't need to say anything about that. But yeah. That's pretty much all I've been playing. Outside of that though, I did like I said, watch Mythic Quest, Raven's Banquet, and it's okay. It has a really, really rough start. The second episode in particular 
was a hard episode to watch because it was aggressively unfunny. And in particular, it had, did I just say in particular twice? God, I don't want to punch myself in the face if I did. But there were a string of suicide jokes that were never funny and just kept going on and on and on. And I was like, what? why do you keep making these suicide jokes? They're not funny and they're just getting worse. Uh, so I was really not feeling it early on. And it it didn't feel great. Like, but again, it, it got better with time. The, the show overall on all fronts pretty much started off on a very rocky, more exaggerated, over-the-top, ridiculous sense and started to calm the fuck down as it moved on, which I appreciated. The last few episodes were pretty decent and I'm cautiously optimistic for the second season, which is already announced, but I want to say the the real reason why I wanted to bring up the show, despite not really caring about it overall, is that The fifth episode is a standalone episode that barely ties into the main series at all and is tonally so different from the series. And after watching it, all I could think is, man, I wish the entire series was like this episode. So the fifth episode involves a couple who, like it goes through maybe like two decades of the game industry and it has, what is it, Joe Johnson, I think, though the one main dude from New Girl, and then this actress who I've seen in things, but I don't know her name, and I can't, I, I don't know what she's been in that I can name off the top of my head, but you know her if you saw her, and it goes through their lives in these little bite-sized chunks when they first meet, and then starting to work on this game, and then moving on to the next game and how the higher-ups are influencing them and how things are changing and affecting them and their relationship. And it is funny, but also heartfelt and heartbreaking and sweet at times and feels like it respects the industry, whereas the majority of Mythic Quest feels like it's made by people who don't give a shit about video games. And I think even Rob Micklehorny Roney, whatever his name is, has said like, oh, he didn't really give a shit. But then he like when Ubisoft was like, we want you to make this series, he ran into the creative director from For Honor and was like, this dude is weird. I want to make a show about this type of weird person because look how weird he is. Let's make something fucking stupid. Um, but then you have this weird, totally different very good fifth episode that I'm just like, oh God, I like, because before I even saw that, I was thinking to myself watching the first few episodes of Mythic Quest, man, I would so much rather have a more serious take on the video industry a a la the series Halt and Catch Fire, which I really, really liked, which was based on like the tech industry and the computer boom and stuff like that. And I would much rather have something that is tonally uh, like that and then we have this fifth episode I'm like oh man you're just gonna tease me like this with something so good uh, and it was a, it's a bummer if, if you have Apple Plus which I think plenty of people may have a year of it if they've got a new Apple device I'd recommend watching like if you if you're 
really curious about the show, sure, watch it from the beginning and all that. But if you watch the first few episodes and they really turn you off and you're like, I don't want to even stick with this, still go and watch the fifth episode because the fifth episode is very different. It is its own thing. You don't even have to watch any of the episodes to get anything out of it because they it means nothing to the series. At like the very end of the show, they call back to it and it's like, look, you know, there were these people who did this and like, it's like, it has no meaning on anything, but it is very good. But, um, that's pretty much all I've been watching outside of anime, which I think when I finish up control and I have that cushion on that, I think I'm going to finally start up the anime podcast because I want to have a venue for that and I don't want to just tack it onto this show. So hopefully look forward to that in the near future. I don't want to make any promises, though, on that front. But, um, yeah, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Marcus Ness. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, which are both available on podcast services across the globe like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. If you'd like to check out a video version of Attack the Backlog or other stuff I do like video reviews and whatnot, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sauces and watch them there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece of fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed listening because you can't watch it. Uh, so thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely weekend.